Praise the Lord. I want to welcome Dr. Gerald Chapman, his wife as well, Tanita Chapman. So glad to have you all with us. Brother Chapman, can you come up here and let's welcome him in this house today. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. How many know it's just good to be alive? Good to be alive. And once again, we thank the Lord for the privilege and the honor that God has afforded us to be able to be here with you. Now, let me kind of share with you uh, probably something that Lorraine and Pastor didn't tell you, okay? Okay? Okay, okay. Uh, once there was a, a cat show, and they were bringing in cats from all around the country bringing in cats from London, cats from England, cats from South America, just cats from everywhere. They were bringing in brown cats, black cats, black and white cats, cats with no hair, cats with short hair, cats with blue eyes, black eyes, white eyes. And all of a sudden, the man went out into the alley. And he brought in an alley cat. And he brought the alley cat in, gave him a bath, washed him up, put him in the cat show. And as the judges were going around and were looking at all these wonderful cats, that they just had them so fixed up, looked beautiful and gorgeous and handsome, all of a sudden they came to the alley cat. And the man said, who brought this alley cat in here? And the guy said, I did. He said, why'd you bring him in here? I thought the exposure would do him good. So pastor brought me in because he thought the exposure would do me some good. Amen? Amen. So I'm glad for the opportunity to be able to, to come. My wife and I are so grateful for everything that the Lord is doing and the Lord is going to do. How many are just anticipating God doing something special in you? Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I want God to do something in me. See, it really doesn't matter if God does something in you. I need something done in me. So if God changes me, I'll be better for tomorrow. Well, let me get to what I'm supposed to do uh, and preach. Uh, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Second Kings? The book of what? All right. Horses nod, people talk. Amen. So, if you would just do me a favor as we read God's word, would you stand on your feet as we reverence the word of our king? Thus beginneth the reading of God's holy and inerrant word. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse number 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amaz, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. Before thee, 
and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass afore that Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer and have seen thy tears. And behold, I will heal thee on the third day. Thou shalt go into the house of the Lord. And I will add unto thy days fifteen years. And behold, I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And he took it and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Isaiah said, and Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, Will heal me that I will go into the house of the Lord on the third day? And Isaiah said, Thou shalt have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has spoken. And shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered and said, It is a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees, but nay, let the shadow return backwards ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backwards by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. Thus ended the reading of God's word. Before you take your seat, I'd like you to do me a favor. Uh, I'd like you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, come on, you got to talk, neighbor, what time do you have? That's what I'm going to preach. What time, you may be seated, do you have? What time do you have? This is a great scripture. It's tremendous in the fact that the Lord has it in two different sections. Isaiah 38. And 2 Kings 20 records the same identical story about Hezekiah. The Bible says that Hezekiah was told by Isaiah to set your house in order for you're going to die. And how many know when you get a message from God that it's time to get ready to go home, how many know that's showing up praying time? The Bible says that as he gets the message... Hezekiah begins to weep and he turns his face to the wall and he says to the Lord, he said, Lord, you know how I have walked before you. You know how I have done that which is good in your sight. You know how I have been your servant. And the Bible says as he begins to pray, how many know when you talk to God, God hears your prayer? And how many know not only does he hear your prayer, but the Bible says he hears and answers his people's prayer. As Isaiah was out in the outer court, God spoke to him and said, go back in there and tell Hezekiah that I'm going to heal him and he's going to get 15 more years to his life. How many know that's good news? That when God hears your prayer and blesses you and gives you more time, somebody ought to say amen. Then the Bible says that he tells him that I want you to take a lump of figs, place it on the boil, and 
in three days you're going to be healed. Hezekiah said, but how will I really know this is the Lord? I mean, we got a lot of people telling you what God says, but they don't really know what God says because God ain't never said it. How many know you got to know for yourself what God says? That's why we got people get up in the morning and they read the newspaper and the first place they turn to is the horoscopes. They want to know what the horoscope says. If they're Cancer or Leo or Aquarius or all that kind of crap. Somebody said to me once, they said, what sign are you under? I said, the blood (laughs) under the cross. How many know God is the leader of our lives? How many know he directs our going out and our coming in? How many know the Lord is blessing you right now? How many know God woke you up this morning, started you on your way? This is the day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We don't need no four-leaf clover. We don't need a horseshoe. We don't need a rabbit's foot. If it was so lucky, it would still be on the rabbit's body. Dionne Warwick comes on late at night, and she tells you the sight line works. Oh, it works for her because she gets $29.95 when you call. But how many know if it really worked, if it really worked, how many know that her psychic should have told Dionne, listen, don't put that marijuana in your cigarette case. They're going to catch you at the Miami airport. How many know I need a God that works for me 24 hours a day? I need a God that's already there before I get there. I need a God that doesn't get sick, doesn't get a headache, doesn't catch the flu, but has all power. Come on, somebody, in heaven and earth to heal my body. So the Bible says that he says to him, he says, well, in, he said, there is a sundial. They didn't have watches or clocks back in biblical days. They had what is called a what? Sundial. And he says to him, he said, well, do you want the sundial to go forward 10 degrees? Or do you want it to go backwards 10 degrees? Hezekiah said, well, listen, it's going to go forward anyhow. Tell God to back it up 10 degrees. How many know all you got to do is ask God? He can do anything. And the Bible says that when, when he, Isaiah asked the Lord, the sundial backed up 10 degrees. And that's what I want to talk about. My wife will tell you and all my friends that know me, I am an avid watch collector. As soon as I went to Pastor Jim's house, the first thing I noticed was the grandfather clock. I had at one time in our home over 350 clocks. I had grandfather clocks. Still got nine of those. My wife made me get rid of all the other stuff. (laughs) I had wooden clocks. I had cuckoo clocks. I had mantle clocks. I had all different kinds of clocks. Not only did I have clocks, I had every kind of watch you could name. Rolex, Ebel, Hamilton's, Timex, Omega, Concorde, Movado, Michelle, Turk, Longines, I even had Breitlings. I even had Michael Kors, and I could go on and on. I just love clocks. So I'm going to tell you some stories about a clock, and I hopefully will come up with what time you got. 
One day there was a man that went into a watch repair shop. He went into what? He went to get watches repaired and he bought in a bag of watches. And he reached into the bag and he pulled out the hands. And the man says, where's the rest of the watch? He said, well, sir, let me explain to you. There's nothing wrong with the rest of the watch. It's just that the hands won't move. And how many understand the real problem with people is not that they, their hands won't move. It goes into the inner workings of the watch. How many know if you can stop a man from lying, you can stop a man from stealing, you can stop a man, but how many know that's really not going to stop him? It's got to change his heart. How many know we want God not to change us on the outside, but change us on the inside? How many know as a man thinketh, so he is. We need God to change our lives from the inside, not necessarily from the outside. Because if you get changed on the inside, how many know the outside will automatically change? How many know if any man be in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creature. All things pass away. Things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Places I used to go, I don't go anymore because there's been a transformation. When Christ comes into your life, how many know Christ will change your life? Do I have a witness in here? How many have let God change your life? You can declare vocally. You can declare, I'm not what I used to be. And thank God I'm a long ways from where I was. Because of what Christ has done in our lives. You can lock a man up and put him in jail, but that won't change it. You can take the drugs away from it, but the taste will still be there. But if he comes to Jesus Christ, how many know God can do it for you? How many know God can change your whole outlook? But it's going to take a change on the inner workings. Do this. Tell your neighbor on the inside. Coming to church won't save you. These pews have been here a long time and you've never seen them stand up and testify. It's you. God is trying to change you. God, God's not coming back for the pews. He's not coming back for the lights. He's not coming. He's coming back for you. So he reaches into the bag and he pulls out another watch. He said, well, what's wrong with that watch? He said, it's running too slow. How many know a lot of us are running too slow? We brag about going to work on time. We brag about God showing up on time. But how many know when it comes to God, we don't show up on time? We don't think Sunday school is, is a necessity. We don't think Bible study is a necessity. But how many know if we are to grow and mature, how many know we got to be on time? How many know God is looking for a group of people? who understand that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by His Spirit. God is looking for people who will pray and pray with earnestness, knowing that God's going to bring them out. 
How many know that if God's people, which are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, how many know God will do great miracles in our lives? I don't want to be running slow. I want to be an on-time Christian. I want to be one that shows the love of God, has the love of God, and works with the love of God. Can't be, tell your neighbor you can't be slow. Come on, tell me you can't be slow. Come on, they'll listen to you. They ain't listen to me, but they'll listen to you. Got to be on time. You got to be on time. Time is valuable. I am 63 years old. Oh, I saw somebody say, you don't even look like that. Thank you. Thank you. But I have more in back of me than I do in front of me. I'm not going to live another 63 years. That, that's, that's just probably what's going to happen. I probably got about 30 more. And if I got 30 more, that'll make me 93. I'm trying to push to 100, but I don't know if I'm going to make it. My wife hopes I make it. <laughs> but if I understand whatever I'm going to do for the Lord, I need to start doing it now. If I'm going to start loving people, I've got to start doing it now. If I'm going to start forgiving, I've got to start doing it now. If I'm going to start hugging folk, I've got to start doing it now. If I'm going to humble myself, I need to start doing it when? Now. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you a practice round. If you're going to start hugging folk, how about just hug the person next to you and say, I love you. Practice. Come on, give a practice round. Come on, give a practice. Your wife ain't heard it in years. Come on. I love you. Don't be slow. Be on time. Love while you can. Be a blessing while you can. Encourage folk while you can. Number two, he reached into the bag. Number three, exactly. Number three, reached into the bag and pulled out another watch. Guess what the problem with that watch was? Running too fast. How many know there are a lot of people that are running too fast? Always trying to be first in line. Always trying to be ahead. How many know the Bible says the first shall be what? Last. And the last shall be what? First. How many know I'm just trying to... Not be too fast. Not get ahead of the program. Not try to always tell the pastor what he should be doing. Always trying to be the leader. Always trying. How many know you got to be a good follower? The church has too many chiefs and not enough engines. Here's, here's, here was a pastor one day that went up to the top of a bridge. He was on standing on the edge of the bridge. And under the underpass, one of the deacons one of the elders was coming in his car, and he looked up, and he saw pastor standing on the edge of the bridge. He said, oh, my God, pastor's about to jump off. And all of a sudden, he called one of the other deacons and said, you better get over to the bridge. And by the time he got to the bridge, pastor was gone. Next day, he came, and lo and behold, there was pastor again on the edge of the bridge, looking over. And the guy called back and said, listen, something's wrong with Pastor. He must be going through something in his life. I think he's going to jump off the bridge. By the time the deacon got there again, the elder, Pastor was gone. 
So he went back to the office and he called me. He said, Pastor, I've noticed for two straight days, you've been at the top of the bridge. And I thought you were going to jump off. What's going on? Pastor said, oh, nothing's really going on. I just wanted to see something moving without me pushing it. How many know God has given the man of God the vision for this church? And how many know he shouldn't always have to push you? You should be willing to go. How many love God enough to tell God you love him right now? How many love God enough to work in the kingdom of God right now? How many love God enough to sacrifice and come out to the things of God that God has prepared for this church? Because what you need to understand very clearly is every church is not going in the direction God wants them to go. Matter of fact, a lot of churches are drifting away from the word of God, from the truth of God, from the principles of God, trying to please people and please other folk. But how many know God said, if my people, which are called by my name, he said, I'm a God of holiness, not a God of everythingness. God said, he said, come out from among them and what? Separate yourself. Touch not the unclean thing. Don't let everything and everybody just come into my church and do what they want to do. God said, I'm calling for a holy people to give my name to pray. How many know you got you to gotta not run too fast? Tell your neighbor, say, follow the leader. Now, once again, if God wanted you to be the pastor or the leader, he knew your address. He knew your phone number. He could have selected you. But how many know when God selects somebody, he moves in mysterious ways? How many remember the story of God selecting David? He was out in the field. But yet, somebody else thought somebody else should have been in charge, but God said, no, he's the one. How many of us are willing to promote somebody else to be in the front? How many of us are willing to say, hey, I'll take a back seat while you do the driving. Because my wife, once again, coming down here, I did not know that you could drive from the other side. I did not know there was gas pedals and brake pedals on the other side. I, I didn't know. That. I, I thought I had the rear view mirror facing me. But she could see what's happening in the back. She must have got eyes in the back of her head. But how many know you got to be willing to sit on the other side, pray your way through, and believe God for a miracle? Somebody say amen. amen. Okay. How many of you here understand you got to run not too fast? Tell your neighbor, not too fast. Help, help them. Just, just tell them to slow down. Just tell them to slow down. Be okay, slow down. We're gonna make it. Then he reached into the bag and pulled out another watch. Guess what was wrong with that watch? It only ran in certain positions. Most people wear watches like this, but some people wear watches like this. Some people only run when they're in charge. They don't run well by being vice nothing. As long as they're president or in charge, bam, they got it. 
The choir can't sing unless they show up. Can't sing that song. That's my song. You didn't write the song. We cannot allow ourselves to run in only certain positions. Matter of fact, you know what? When we get to heaven, there are going to be three surprises. One surprise is the folk you thought going to be there ain't going to be there. The ones you thought weren't going to be there, going to be there. And thirdly, when you look up and find out you made it, hallelujah. hallelujah. Once again, we, we need to understand this is a Kodak moment. And I tell people this all the time from biblical perspective. God is calling for people out of every nation, every kindred, every tongue to come together and worship. The devil has fooled us into believing that black people got to go to a black church, white people got to go to a white church, Koreans got to go to a Korean, Chinese got to go to a Chinese church. Show me that in the book. I thought, I thought we we're all going to the same place when this is over. And how many know right now this is a Kodak moment in our lives because we see God bringing us together, not dividing us. We see God calling us as one people of God to give him the glory and the honor and the praise. I can't wait to get to heaven to hear Mexican people praising God in Spanish. I can't wait to get to heaven to hear Chinese people praise them in Chinese. Africans praise them in Swahili. Folk praising them in English as we all give God the glory and the honor because how many know God is worthy to be praised we need to give God the glory while we can put your hands together and thank the Lord for what he's doing in you bringing us together as a people we're learning not to work in just one position but wherever I find myself I'm learning to be content because where God is that's where I want to be and anytime I get involved to a church. I'm not coming in as a visitor. I'm coming into my daddy's house. I'm coming into the place where Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So I come into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. I'm thankful unto him, and I bless the name of the Lord with my brothers and sisters, because we are God's children. We've been bought with a price. We're heirs of the kingdom of Almighty God. Somebody say amen. Now give your neighbor another big hug and say, I love you. Learning. So with all these different times here, some of y'all running too fast. Some of y'all running too slow. Some of y'all only running in certain positions. How do we really know in church who's keeping good time? Don't set your time by me because I'm a mess. I still got some problems in my life. So listen, there are, there are so many different kinds of watches. There's a solar watch. As long as the sun is shining, it runs. Some of you only praise God when stuff is going good in your life. But how many know you got to praise him when stuff is not going good in your life? How many know in all things give what? Thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. What you're looking at actually is a miracle. You may not look like it, but this is a miracle. I've had six strokes 
I was paralyzed from the neck down. They said, somebody say they said, I'd never walk again. That's what they said. I have only one vocal cord. The other one was paralyzed with the stroke. They said, I give you six months, you won't be able to preach. That's been almost 30 years ago. How many know, here I am, in living color, giving God the glory and the honor. If President Obama let me come to the White House, I'd lift my hands in front of everybody and tell them, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? And when I think of the goodness of the Lord and all that he's done for me, I've got to give God praise for what God has done in my life because he has done great things on my behalf. I, I got cut from here to here. I have a steel jaw in here. They only do 200 of them across the country. He told me, I give you three months and you won't be able to preach. But here I am, opening and closing my mouth for the last over a year and a half because God has been good. So I'm just not going to run while the, I mean, run good while the sun is shining. How I many know I know how to give God thanks in every situation? I know how to praise God for everything that I'm going through because David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. When I go through the valley, I know how to praise it. When I go through my storms, I know how to praise it because God is worthy. Anybody know he's worthy to be praised? Anybody know that God is good all the time? Anybody know that God will make a way all the time? Anybody able to say, surely goodness and mercy have followed me how long? All the days of my life. Has God been blessing anybody in this place? Has God been taking care of anybody in this place? Has God made a way for anybody in this place? Come on, don't play with me. Show me that you love God. And we'll give God the glory. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And then there's only the battery operated. As long as the battery's got some juice in it, it keeps on going. But when the battery goes dead, the watch goes dead. You ever meet folk when you come to church, sit there like this? I wonder if they're dead. I saw them walk in. But anything happens between coming in and sitting down. How many know you got to have some joy? The joy of the Lord what? Anybody got any joy? Let me see if I can see 32 or either the false ones. Come on. How many know God has been too good for you to frown? How many know to turn that... That, that frown on. God woke you up, put tomatoes and potatoes on your table, watched over you all night long. The least thing you can do is give him a smile. And then there's what you call the self-wise. This, 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 this uh, watch I have happens to, as long as I have it on and it goes around, it keeps on going. But if I set it down for a day, it'll stop working because it needs to always be in motion. Sometimes we got to learn to be still and know that God is good. When is the last time you just meditate on the goodness of the Lord? Now, you've got a lot of cows around here. We don't have many cows in the city. But I understand with my small knowledge that a cow has more than one stomach. Is that correct? Hello? 
I told you horses nod, people talk. And what he does after he eats and he gets hungry again, what does he do? He regurgitates it up and chews on it again. When I sit here right now and I think of all the stuff that could have happened to me, when I think of all the dangers that God brought me out of, when I think of all the miracles that God has done in my life, it just regurgitates again. And somebody might be sitting next to me tonight, they might say, why are you smiling? Why are you rocking like that? Because I'm thinking about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When you think about what could have happened to you, can I tell you what, 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 what has happened to me in my life? Just as a little story so you'll know. Uh, I used to, years ago, years ago, what did I say? Many years ago. All right, thank you. I, I used to be into drugs, and I used to be into all kind of stuff, all kinds of stuff. And one day the drug man said to me, he said, Gerald, I said, yes. He said, I want my money. I owed him like about, I think, $1,500, $1,600. Well, back in the day, in the 70s, that was a lot of money. He said to me, I want my money. I said, okay. I don't have it. He said, get me my money. What did he say? So, the only place I knew had money was the bank. I got in my car, got my little hood, put it on the seat, drove down to the bank. And when I got down to the bank, there were about five police cars surrounding the bank. I said, roll my window down. I said, officer, what's going on? He said, somebody just robbed the bank. (laughs) You got my point? That that, that was God keeping me out of some trouble right then. And then one time I got really, 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 I got what? Drunk. And, and And I met this girl in the bar. She was beautiful. She was what? Oh, man. And, and I asked her if she'd like to have a drink. She said yes, and we're sitting there drinking and laughing and joking. And all of a sudden, this great big muscular guy walks in. He said, that's my girlfriend. And I was skinny. I said, oh, okay. I said, man, I got this gun. He said, oh, okay, that's all right, that's all right, you, you can talk to her. I said, now what you going to do now when I got this gun? Your muscles can't beat this gun. I began to tease him, pour beer on him, make fun of him because I had that gun. And finally, the more I drank, the crazier I got. I finally said to him, you know what, man? Ain't no bullets in your gun. He took a pipe out and beat me half to death. But God let me live. When I look back over my life, and I know some of you have some stories of where you even shouldn't be here right now, but look at the mercy of God. God kept you when you weren't even looking towards God. God opened doors for you, made a way for you, and you're alive today. You ought to tell him thank you right now. You ought to tell him, God, I bless your wonderful name. Come on, let's just thank the Lord for what God has done for us. Even when we didn't know God was on our side, working it out on our behalf, opening doors for us. Thank you, Jesus. 
And then there was the last one, which was the solar watch. And, and the solar watch, once again, basically does the same thing. As long as the sun is shining. Don't allow your life to only consist of, I praise God when things are going right. Praise God when even things are going haywire. Because how many know the scripture says all things work together for good for those who what? And who are according. So how many know if I walk in the light as he is in the light, if I have fellowship with him, how many know God's going to bring me out of that thing? When I read the scriptures, everyone that went in came out. Ask Joseph. He went from the pit to the prison to the palace. But how many know God was with him on his side? So what's the whole conclusion? Now, I want to know what time do you have? Hello? Oh, you don't want to say publicly, I got you, I got you. With all these clocks and watches in Church of the Brother, how then do I get my life squared away if all of you have different times? Do I set by pastor? Do I set by the secretary? Do I set by the pastor? Who, who do I really keep my eyes on? Well, the man said, sir, with all these watches you have in this watch shop, how do you know which one has the right time? He said, after I get a watch in, because every watch has some dust and dirt in it. I don't set my watch by any of these. He said, over in the corner, I have one called Big Ben. It never loses a second. When we want people to get set, how many know we give them to God? Because all of us have some dust and some dirt and a little walk in us. But how many know God is able to set us right? As I close, I want to share this with you. As long as we live, allow God to set you according to his time. Allow God to clean up your life, get some of that dust out, get some of that. But you know what they use once they clean a watch up to keep it running? Oil oil. They put a drop of oil in there to keep the gears moving. If you want God to bless you, get some oil in you. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on your life. Don't worry about what people think about you lifting your hands, opening your mouth putting your hands together and give God praise? How many know once you get that oil in you? How many know a squeaky wheel gets the oil? That's why when I come to church, I don't let nobody make me shut up. I need some oil, God. I need you to work in me. I need you to change me. I need you to mold me. I need you to fill me. And how many know God will do that for you? I'm going to ask you to do something if you ever would ever be so kind. Uh, I believe the church ought to be a place where you practice. So when you get outside, you're perfect. Right? People now don't ask me at the mall or in the supermarket. I, you know, They'll say, Pastor, will you pray for me? 
They don't ask me that no more. Because right at the meat counter, in the name of Jesus, God, everybody's walking by and they're looking. I said, you asked for prayer. How many know when I'm riding down the road and I see an accident, automatically, sometimes I stop the car and I just get out and I say, God, thank you. Because I realize that could have been me. Sometimes when I'm riding in my car now, I think of what I used to ride in. And I thank God. So what I'm saying is, let's get in practice. Let's just get in practice. Here we go. Let's lift your hands and say, Lord, I love you. With all my heart, I want to keep good time. I want to run right for you, Jesus. I don't want to run too fast. I don't want to run too slow. I don't want to just run in certain positions, but I want to run good for you. I want my love for you to be shown abroad to everybody I meet. And in Jesus' name, let the oil of the Holy Ghost fill my life, fill my cup, Lord. Let it overflow in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 Put your hands together. I don't know if you know a song. I'm not a great singer, but I know you can help me. Somebody can help me. All right, somebody can help me. It says, it's just an, it's just an old, old song. Uh, it's called Fill My Cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. I, I, I really want to keep good time. I, I don't want to be a pretending Christian. How many want to be a real Christian? Pretending a Christian is a luxury you can't afford. You can fool church folk, but you can't fool the Lord. Be for real. Be for real. Be for real. Too many fake Christians. You be for real. Fill my cup. I lift it up, Lord. All right, somebody want to start it for me? Hey, cup. I lift it up. This thirsty. I don't hear y'all. I don't hear you. Come on. Feed me. Fill my cup. I lift it up. But here's what you got to do. You got to make a cup. Fill. I lifted it. in your life if you open your mouth come on fill my cup I lift it up come and quench this thirsting change me mold me 
let me run too fast. Don't let me run too slow. Don't let me run in only certain positions. But let me be what you want me to be. As pastor comes, thank the Lord for the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Put your hands together. Thank the Lord for what he's going to do in your life, in my life. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say, Lord, you've been good to me today. Let's just stand and Lord, we give you praise. Thank you. You are a good, good father. And we give you glory right now in Jesus' name. Thank you. Continue your work in us. Continue your work in us, Lord. We receive, God, what it is that you are doing. And we praise you in Jesus, Jesus' holy name. Wow. You know, Brother Gerald's already asked, but I, I know that the storms, they come, they go, but God is always good. How many know that? How many know that God is always good? Yes, he is always good. Hallelujah. Well, I tell you what. This will make sure that nobody budges for a moment. Holy Spirit, you just transition this well. Where is Brother Dwayne? And what we're going to do is I don't like having to do this. So I want them to keep playing. You ever had revival in the middle of a quick business session? Well, if it's ever happened, it can happen now. Because it's all about him. Amen.